0: Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give it all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee only roasts top quality specialty grade coffee beans, resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here.
1: here. We go, welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is a Froggy Wednesday, the first one of 2023. If you're wondering, uh, why does he sound that way? Well, trying to get over a sinus infection, RSV. Uh, there's so many things going around right now. I don't even know what I have. I just know I've had it for 7 days and it's starting to get a little better, so I'm getting over the hump. But uh 2023 is here, man. We got a great golf season ahead of us. We start off uh tomorrow in Hawaii, the most beautiful place in the world. And uh, we got somebody joining us today who's actually going to be in Hawaii. Sepp Straka here with us. Set man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you.
2: Not much. Thanks for having me.
1: Dude, thanks for coming on. We've been trying to get you on for a while. I hit you up on Instagram. If you go check your Instagram messages, uh, by the way, your DMs, I'm going to look like a crazy stalker fan and just realize <laughs> I was just trying to get you here on the podcast. So you don't need to call the authorities for anything. Everything's safe. <laughs> But uh it's it's uh it's nice to have you here. You're out in Hawaii. You got there. I think you said you got there on Sunday.
2: Yeah, got here Sunday afternoon. Uh played a few holes yesterday and man, this place is beautiful. It's uh it's hard to beat.
1: Is this your first time around Kapalua?
2: First time, yeah. First time to Maui. Uh first time playing this event. And wow. uh yeah, I'm I'm really pumped. It's a great way to get the year started.
1: It is beautiful there. I was uh in uh Kapalua actually uh in June, June or July. And we did one of the helicopter tours They take you over the next island of Molokai where nobody lives. And we did. Have you done any of that stuff? No, I haven't. But that sounds that sounds awesome. It is cool. The helicopter tours are awesome in Hawaii. The Kapalua is a beautiful golf course. How's the wind this
2: time of year? Uh, it wasn't very windy yesterday, but uh, I got up this morning and the trees are moving a good bit. So I think it's probably just day to day. Right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be blowing blowing pretty good.
1: Uh, But you know what? It's good good to get the golf season back going 2023. I'm sure you're excited. How much work were you able to do or did you want to do during your, quote, time off, which really wasn't
2: very much? Let's be honest. Uh, Yeah, it really wasn't much. Uh, QB was uh, maybe a month ago and now I took two and a half weeks off and didn't touch a club. Uh, I think I probably needed the rest. I had a really busy year last year. Um probably needed a little bit of the rest and uh tried to recharge a little bit and then the last week and a half or so, I kind of got back going and and swinging some clubs.
1: How much does your swing change sap when you when you take those couple of weeks off? do things change? Is that good for you
2: um it it doesn't change a whole lot, you know um every time is different, but this time it didn't really change a whole lot um if anything, it probably just is good to have a fresh body and be able to kind of uh Swing at it a little more freely, I'd say.
1: Yeah, every time I struggle at golf, which is which is pretty regularly, uh, my buddies always tell me to take take two weeks off and then quit, which <laughs> is probably the best advice I've probably ever gotten in the and the and the one I haven't taken yet. Um, coming off a T ten at the Hero, had a T eight at the uh, QBE, but prior to that, three missed cuts. And I know that last year, headed into the FedEx Cup playoffs, you had had kind of strung together some mixed mixed cuss missed cuts. And then all of a sudden, boom, T2 at the FedEx is, is has golf always been that way? Has it been kind of streaky for you where you don't play well? And then all of a sudden, boom, you find something.
2: Um, not so much. Uh, I think that was kind of an anomaly. Um, I I played a lot of tournaments going into the playoffs, uh, and I really just kind of needed some time off. And after that sixth miscut in a row, uh, put the clubs aside for four days and uh, didn't touch a club until I think Tuesday before Memphis. And I think I really needed that for my, my body to kind of recharge a little bit. And, you know, it was a real busy season. You play tournament after tournament and you think the only thing you can do is just practice harder and play more. And sometimes the best thing to do is actually just to kind of get away for it for a few days.
1: That's gotta be so difficult trying to, trying to find, the middle ground and where is it? Am I not trying hard enough or am I trying too hard?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think most guys out here, it's usually the trying too hard part because, you know, you just, you gotta, you know, all of us practice a lot to get to where we are and to feel like you're in control and being able to, you know, change it yourself, I think is uh, kind of something that we all have. And uh, I think a lot of times it it is a little bit of overkill.
1: We'll get into your swing in a little bit. Uh, We've got John Tillery actually coming up tomorrow here on the podcast. So I know he's your coach. So uh, Travis will be talking to John and you spent some time with Travis. I know last year, uh, I believe it was, um, was it in uh, Hilton Head? He did some, he did some stuff with you there, the cut uh, for the PGA tour there. That's a, that's a really fun track. You don't have to be long there. You just have to hit it straight.
2: Yeah, I love that place. It's awesome. It's really tight, but it is still a lot of drivers, um, which is which is nice for me. I like hitting the drivers and um, and yeah, it is an awesome track. We don't get to play courses like that very often. And uh, it, it's a staple on tour.
1: Now, the reason you're there this week, obviously, uh, at the at the Century TOC there in Kapaloo in Hawaii is because you won last year. You won the, the, the Honda Classic, which, by the way, winning the <clears throat> Honda Classic Palm Beach Gardens pga national that is a very difficult golf course the wind usually blows like crazy there and that storm you finished in uh on sunday afternoon was was really something for the books talk about that win and what it was like getting over the hump
2: yeah it was uh it was awesome it was stressful that course is yeah there's water everywhere just danger yeah. everywhere on every shot and uh Yeah, I started the day five shots back, uh, but there was only one guy ahead of me and I knew on that course, you know, anything can happen, you know, three holes and five shots can turn into one and it actually happened pretty quickly where uh, uh, Berger made a few mistakes early and kind of let me and a few other guys back into the tournament and uh, yeah, i kind of just hung in there and on the back nine really found something and hit a lot of quality shots which you kind of have to do on that back side and uh i was able to hit that last green and two and two putt it was awesome did you know the weather was coming in i, I was not expecting at all uh i wasn't even going to take my umbrella my my caddy davenport he uh grabbed the umbrella before we headed out but uh i was not expecting it at all and uh even standing on AT&T, I thought we'd be able to finish, but it came in quick and boy, it started dumping rain. It was, uh, <laughs> it came out of nowhere.
1: It was one of those South Florida downpours. Yeah, I remember you standing on AT&T and you could see it in the background and you're like, yeah, we might finish. And then I think your second shot, it had started to come down. And then by the time you got to the green, it was coming down sideways.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, that second shot, I really wanted to hit it before the rain, but um, but no, it came in and it came in hard, and uh, ended up just switching to an extra club and just trying to stay hit the same golf shot, and thankfully uh, pulled it off.
1: Hell of a win! though. hell of a way to get get your first win. How, how long had you been on tour when you when when you
2: won last year? That was my fourth season. Yeah.
1: Wow! So in four years. Is, is there ever a time it sets in you like, hey, I'm not sure if I'm able to play out here. I'm not sure if I'm good enough to play out here. And then you finally get over the hump.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of go through stretches, I would say, where uh, you feel like you don't belong and then you play good and you feel like you do belong. So it's just, you know, it kind of comes in waves and. Uh, getting, getting the win was, uh, kind of, uh, I'd been playing really well leading into that week and, uh, kind of a affirmation of what I've been doing was, was kind of paying off.
1: That was my next question. Did the wind come out of nowhere or you, you had kind of ramped up to that? You're like, Hey, I'm getting really close. I'm really going to win soon.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I wouldn't have said that I was going to win soon, but, um, but I was playing some good golf. I didn't play great in the fall, uh, to start the year and, uh, then started working with tillery that december and uh okay. the stuff we were working on really kind of was clicking in, on the west coast and uh, i felt pretty good going to florida swing
1: have you had one of those times where something in, in your swing whether it's a swing thought or something you're doing it just clicks and everything changes
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's quite a good feeling when, when, you know, it's something simple and you can really kind of focus on it, which I don't like to think about my swing during tournament rounds, uh, too much. I kind of try to do it on the range, uh, before or after, uh, the tournament, but, uh, but yeah, there's those few swing thoughts that sometimes they just, uh, sit right with you and, and it just seems easy. It's so crazy how, uh,
1: you know, something little, even if it's just a change in your setup, can change everything else. And then you realize I've been working on all this other stuff all this time. And it's as simple as setup.
2: Yeah, setup's huge. I mean, if you don't, you know, if you don't set up right, then you can do the right movements and get out of position. So, uh, yeah, setup I think is one of the most important parts.
1: Now you must be pretty jacked up after uh, after last Saturday night's
2: football game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was man. My blood pressure's still up. I think that was stressful to watch, but it was awesome to see him pull it out.
1: I mean, unreal. Georgia's played great all year, undefeated. You got a, what? I think it's the first time they've ever won fourteen games in a season. Uh, that game, and I'm listen, I'm going to admit something, and I know this isn't nice, and I know in 2023 we're supposed to set New Year's resolutions and want to be a better person, and I do. Except I don't. I'm a self-loving admitted. I cannot stand the Ohio state university. I just, I don't, I don't like them. I was so happy to see you guys beat them. And that's coming from a Gator fan who usually doesn't pull for the dogs.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's saying a lot there. Um, but I think we, we can all get in line on the fact that nobody really likes Ohio state.
1: <laughs> I did not want a TCU uh, Ohio state nat- natty. I, I don't think I would have been watching that. I don't. That
2: would have been tough to watch. Yeah.
1: But it was a tough game. I mean, at what point, at what point in that game did you think, yeah, you know what, it just isn't going to happen for
2: us? Ah, uh, man, when we went down fourteen, I think it was late in the third quarter.
0: Yeah,
2: I knew, I knew we had a chance, but I knew everything was going to have to hit. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Smith got wide open on the deep ball, and Stetson hit him, and uh, you know it was back on. But I knew we needed something big like that to happen—a m- big momentum swing.
1: It's so weird. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback. And, and not that Stetson is game changing, but man, he's solid. He plays well and nobody really talks about him yet. He shows up in big moments.
2: Yeah, uh, I've been a big Stetson fan since pretty much since he led the st- uh, scout team uh, against, you know, our our ones going into the Rose Bowl back in 17 when he was a walk on. And right, um, I've always been a huge Stetson fan. I think he, you know, he's a gunslinger. He's not afraid of the moment. Um, you know, he makes mistakes, but everybody does. And I think he just gets back up and tries to do his best the next time around. So I think his mentality is awesome. And, uh, I think it's been a, obviously a huge asset for the dogs.
1: Now, what are the chances you, uh, let's see tournament finishes on Sunday, you hop on a flight to LA, go to the game and head back. Are you, are you playing, uh, are you playing the Sony next week?
2: Uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't think I can make it work. I'm going to the Middle East to play some tournaments over there, play Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, we've got the hero cup, which is continental Europe against Britain uh, next week. So, okay. Uh, I'll be heading over there, but I was talking to Tom Hoagie. I think he's going to make the trip uh, back to LA. And then I think he's going back to Sony. So, and he's a TCU guy. So. Is he really? Excited. Oh yeah.
1: Wow. So he's going to, so he he's, he's playing TOC this week too.
2: He is, yeah. Yeah, he's going to go from here, uh, I guess, Sunday night maybe to L.A. and yeah, uh, watch the game. I think he's playing the next week at Sony. I'm not sure. All right, but. I'm going to have to reach out to
1: Hoagie. He's been on the podcast for two. I'll have to reach out to him because I know he's a – you Georgia boys, and that's another question I have is how does Sepp Straka from Austria end up in Athens, Georgia? <laughs>
2: My mom uh, is from South Georgia, so dad's Austrian, mom's from South Georgia, so I okay. kind of grew up being a, a bulldog in, in Austria, um, so yeah.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, we're actually, I'm actually based in Ponte Vedras. I'm not far from South Georgia, I mean, Jacksonville's basically South Georgia anyways.
2: Yeah, uh, too many gator flags for for South Georgia, but that's
1: not There's no such thing as too many gator flags. <laughs>
2: We do. There are a
1: lot of Gator fans, but I tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of dog fans here for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, I feel like it's growing too. Um, I don't know if that game has anything to do with it. People going down there, liking the area and, and just kind of moving down that way. But uh, yeah, I'd yeah. like
1: if you let us win a couple, I don't know. Just, you know, just let us win a couple of those. Just, I mean, I'm tired of losing to you
2: guys. You can't take it for granted. I went to that game in high school four years in a row, and every single year we got beat. That was, was that uh, the Tebow the years or no Tebow days? Yeah, yes. And every year drove back to Valdosta pissed off. So yep. can't take them for granted. You gotta you gotta take them when you can get them. Now
1: we got spoiled by the Bow years. Those were a long time ago. Hell, at this point, I think we'd let him play again if we could find a year of eligibility. <laughs> he looks like he can play too. anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, so this is the first of the elevated events. So this year is changing. We've got some changes to the schedule this year. We're actually now going to have a, an actual end of the season and an off season that I'm sure you guys, even before the season gets going again, you're probably looking forward to an off season coming up this year and having a real end to the season. With this new first elevated event, does it change anything for you guys that are playing in the event, knowing that the purse is bigger, there are elevated events and certain events are
2: more important? You know. I think it doesn't change as much as you would think i mean the the purses are bigger but i feel like the purses are big every tournament that you, you you play in at this point pretty much um maybe not as big as this one or the other elevated events but at first i was trying to fit every elevated event in my schedule um and since i didn't finish in the pip i don't have to play them so um well is that how that works Yeah, I think uh, if you finish in the whatever top 20 or 30 in the in the pip money, uh, you get you get an opt out or whatever, but you have to play a certain amount of the elevated events. And at first I was trying to fit them all in my schedule, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, I just I'm just going to play the ones that I want to play and keep doing that. So I think, you know, the money is obviously a big factor, but I think ultimately the goal for all of us is to finish uh in the top 30 get to atlanta and uh and that's that's my main goal so um i'll still be playing a lot of them uh just because it's always fun to play you know big tournaments against the the big best competition but um ultimately you gotta play the tournaments that you like and and the the courses that suit you
1: do you guys and other players on the tour do you guys like the elevated event structure
2: i think so yeah i think it's i think it's good for the game it's good the get the top guys together and, and play, uh, some of the best courses. Um, so I, I don't know how they're going to do it going forward. I would personally like to see kind of a rotating, uh, format. We're not the same right. tournaments. Cause there's so many good tournaments we play week in week right. out. And, and you gotta think that as a tournament numbers.
1: sponsor, you're going to want your event to be maybe an elevated event every so many years. Otherwise yeah. it's just the only ones that are going to matter. The elevated ones.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that would be a, a great way to keep the sponsors happy. And right. uh, and I think the players too. I mean, like I said, there's so many good tournaments that kind of get overlooked because where they are in the schedule, but, you know, we don't really play many bad tournaments. so
1: That's what uh, happened I, to the Honda.
2: Exactly. Yeah. The Honda is in a terrible spot this year um, in the schedule. I'm going back, obviously. Uh, I love that place. I always have even before I won. And uh, I think it's a great tournament. So, um, that's kind of one of those where I'm, I'm picking the tournament over the elevated event.
1: Have they replaced the Honda sponsorship? Do you know?
2: Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't
1: know. Cause I know Honda had pulled out and I, you kind of can't blame Honda. They kind of got into a bad situation where they were, they were kind of getting, there were, there were so many, there's only so many events guys can play. Like what's your maximum amount of events you'll play in a row before you need to say, Hey, I got to take a break.
2: I don't really have a max. I try to keep it around three, three or four. um, Ideally. Uh, I used to play a lot more in a row uh, back when, you know, I just played every tournament I got into. Um, But yeah, I like to do three or four in a row uh, and then then take at least a week off between the next one.
1: Yeah. I mean, these people that play five, six events in a row, that's, I mean, I, I know there's, listen, I know there's people that go, they're just playing golf. No, it's, it's so much more than that to play five, six events in a row is absolutely taxing the travel, the practice, just the mental aspect of playing a, a, a different golf course every single week. It really is. You, you need the time off just to kind of decompress and then sometimes practice.
2: Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you know, you get three practice days, but realistically one of those days is taken up with travel. Um, and then you only have two, one of those days is a pro-am. So if you're not in the am, you really just have one day to kind of, get your uh get the course, you know, uh management down and all that. So it's a lot. And uh, you know, I look back in my days, me and Michael Johnson used to travel on the corn fair and we did 14 weeks in a row, 13, 14 tournaments in a row. And it was just
0: Yeah.
2: You know, we kind of we were we were still young and uh just trying to take advantage of every tournament we could get in to make sure we kept our, our corn fairy card and uh had, a, had the best chance of getting the PGA, but looking back at that, there's no way I could do it at this point. Um, it's
1: different when you have to do it versus now. And listen, you're going to play better golf when you take some time to yourself, to your family, to do whatever you want to do and then play when you can.
2: No doubt. And that's, you know, that's some advice I'd probably give some younger guys is uh, you feel like you have to play because every week you don't, you know, you drop in the, in the rankings, especially on the court ferry. Cause right. you know, uh, you gotta get in the top, you know, what seventy or something to to keep your card, and uh, top thirty now to to get your tour card, and that's not easy to do. So, uh, but it is, you know, if you do take some time off and come back refreshed, that that is the you know best way of winning a tournament or finishing in the top three, which is a huge huge boost in those rankings.
0: Glenfiddich, the world's most awarded single malt Scotch whiskey is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care each single malt is a work of perfection
1: yeah it's a double-edged sword you know you play less you have less chances but if you play less you might play better exactly yeah uh do you enjoy playing all, all around the world or do you enjoy playing more just you know kind of folks in the states as you being from austria i know the states isn't probably your main focus you do you probably enjoy playing other places
2: I do. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten to do it as much. I told myself once I went on tour and have a little security, um, it's kind of a similar thing. Like if you play a European tour event, uh, or DP world tour event, you know, you're kind of leaving some points on the, uh, out there, you know, you're missing a tournament here. So, uh, kind of a similar deal, but now that I've uh, won last year, got a little security, uh, definitely going to play a little more overseas and, um, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, It's different golf overseas, right? Yeah. I mean, everywhere you go is different. Uh, you know, mainland Europe's different than, uh, Great Britain's different from the U S and, uh, I'm about to go to the, uh, Middle East to play Abu Dhabi and, uh, Dubai. And, uh, you know, that'll probably be different than, than all of those. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of learn some new golf.
1: Where do you feel like the stiffest competition is? Do you feel like the tour is the stiffest competition?
2: Yeah, it definitely is. I would, I would definitely say so. You know, there's just so many guys that are really, really good at golf that, that play on the PGA tour that, you know, maybe people don't even know about, but uh, yeah, kids coming out of
1: college now, prepared to win.
2: Yeah. And that, that even is different from when I came out of college. Um, you know, these guys are really good and uh, kind of practicing like professionals uh, and they're, they're ready to, ready to compete. And it's really deep right now.
1: Let's talk about that UV, that, that, that UGA golf team you were on. So who was on when you were there?
2: I was with, uh, Keith Mitchell, uh, Grayson Sig. Um, who else is out here? Joey Garber was out here. He was on my team. Uh, so yeah, we had, we had a lot of guys and, uh, that were really good at golf and it was awesome to kind of, you know, learn from them and compete with them for four or five years.
1: Right. Now, you know, now you and was, was, was Harmon already gone from UGA then?
2: Yeah. Harmon was gone. Um, Harris, uh, English, Russell Henley and Hudson Swafford had all left right before I got there. Wow. Before I got there. Yeah. So you talk about a pipeline. Yeah. We had some, uh, we had some shoes to fill, but I don't think we filled them as well as they did.
1: <laughs> got any good stories coming out of there,
2: man, uh, a lot. Uh, I don't even know, uh, Half of them, I probably can't tell on, on the, (laughs) on the podcast, but you can uh, tell
1: whatever you want. Let's be honest.
2: (laughs) But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time, you know, hacker and Doug are coaches. There was never, never adult moment with them. It was, it was always fun. And, uh, you know, they, they made tournament golf enjoyable and they kind of taught us, uh, how to, you know, treat it as a profession, but also have fun on the road and, and, uh, hang out with your, with your friends.
1: Right. Cause you do, you're learning then to be on the road as much as you're going to be on the road, as you work your way up when you get to corn Ferry tour, then you spend almost, I mean, we've, we've talked to Chris Baker. He's been on the uh, corn Ferry tour quite a bit, been been mm-hmm. up and down uh, on, on, on the tour and then back to corn Ferry. And it's just, it's tough. It's a lot of travel.
2: It is. Yeah. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of time away from home. Uh, and in your young years, you know, it doesn't really matter that much, but, uh, once you get older, you know, I've got a wife now and you want to spend time at home a little more and, you know, with kids, that'll be a whole nother, uh, a whole nother aspect, you know, that you don't want to miss out on. And uh, I think as you, you know, get advanced in life, you just kind of change your priorities and and maybe spend a little more time at home. And uh, so the travel just gets a little more difficult.
1: Right. You know, speaking of, uh, of traveling, you, you have been playing a lot in this quote off season that we have that hasn't really been an off season. I know you played the hero, um, and you, and you saw Tiger there at the hero. What did, what did you take away? I know he didn't play there, but what did you take away from what you saw from Tiger at the hero? Uh,
2: it was the first time I met him. Uh, oh, really? and yeah, um, he looked great. I mean, he looked like he was, he was ready to win again. You know, he looked, he was in great shape, but, uh, obviously the walking is the main issue for him right now. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for him to to get back and you know play whatever he can play and and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be awesome when he gets back.
1: Really, it's the first time you'd ever met Tiger.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd seen him before, but uh, first time I actually met him and, and talked to him. I've always been a little scared. He's he's kind of <laughs> he's a little bit of an idol for me, and um, yeah, it's just awesome getting the the meet my my childhood hero and. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's real awesome. Really. We
1: saw him at the match. I watched a little bit of the match and watched uh, some of the PNC with him and Charlie. I mean, hell, at this point, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's golf's pretty good.
2: It looks good. His swing looks amazing. Um, I haven't I had, I didn't get to watch as much of the father, son. I was in Austria, uh, but man, his, his swing looks incredible.
1: <laughs> it was funny. The one thing they kept uh, replaying over and over again was uh, Tiger told Charlie, don't, don't copy my swing copy Rory swing because if you, if you ever watch Rory swing, he's never out of balance Yeah, and how important balance is in the golf swing. And, and I mean, and and Charlie hurt himself. I think very early on in the tournament turned, turned his ankle on the range and I was never, it was never really able to rip into some, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's, it's promising. I I just feel bad. Like I feel like fans, the media, whatever, we're all going to put so much pressure on Charlie to be tiger. And that's not fair.
2: No, it definitely is not fair. I mean, uh, just, you know, what he's accomplished to this point is just really impressive and, you know, no, nobody's ever going to be Tiger Woods. I don't think again, uh, I just don't think that's going to be possible. Um, he's a a one, one and a kind, uh, athlete and that's never going to be repeatable. So, um, just to, you know, get where, where Charlie's gotten right now, I think is pretty impressive. And, um, And yeah, I think he'll, he'll, I think he'll have a great career just judging by, you know, seeing him swing a golf club. So, uh, yeah,
1: I'd love to see Tiger compete again. And I just feel like it's going to be very difficult. I feel well now, instead of just hoping that the game is there because he always says he tries to peak four times a year for the majors. We know how important they are, but now it's, you got to hope his body's together. And then it's, there's so many different parts of his body that are damaged, whether it's from golf, whether it's from the car accident, whether it's from trying to rehab and walk. I mean, there's just so many things that have to come together, but I would love to see it all come together. Just one more time.
2: I know. I think everybody, everybody does is is hoping for that. And, uh, you know, all of us out here are hoping for that too. Just it's impressive for him to, to be back where he is right now. I think, um, just swinging a club as well as he is. And, um, you know, I hope, for at least a few more, uh, you know, events, whichever ones he wants to play in, uh, his body lets him compete to the level that he can actually, uh, play. And, you know, right. everybody loves to watch tiger. That's, that's growing up. That was my number one rule to watch golf was if tiger's playing, I'm watching. So. Right.
1: <laughs> it's just different when he's there. It just feels different for some reason.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, Everything's different. You know, even you can feel it inside the ropes too. just the excitement around the tournament when he's playing is just so much uh, higher. And uh, yeah, everybody's rooting for him. Have you played in an event he was in? Yeah, yeah. I've played uh, a few events that that he's played in.
1: And it does. It just feels different. Even even for you guys, it feels different.
2: Yeah, for sure. You can just tell that just the excitement around the event, you know, more people are there uh, anytime he plays and. Um, and even just the excitement among the players, you know, just seeing him on the range or wherever is, is always special.
1: Well, I can tell you one of the, uh, one of the differences already in 2023 is we have talked for almost 30 minutes. We're a little over 20, almost 29. And we have not mentioned the L I V word one time. <laughs> and in, and, in and, in, 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 2022, that was like the, that was like that was out of the box constantly <laughs> so we've, we were doing good to make some changes. Um, you know, it's it, it, it does it does seem like they're here to stay, whether you like it or whether you don't. It seems like they are here to stay and it is going to be a thing. Uh, were you ever approached by lifts? Uh,
2: no, not really. I was I never really showed a lot of interest in it either. Um, yeah, I grew up watching the PJ Tour, watching the tournaments that I'm getting to play in now, living out my dream, basically. And uh, that was always my goal is to compete right. for those tournaments. And, and yeah, I'm getting to do that now.
1: Do players on the tour, or is this more of a fan media perspective? Do players on the tour feel like it's us versus them mentality?
2: Um, I think early on, maybe a little bit, um, you know, with a lot of names dropping out of the lawsuit and uh, all that. I think it's tempered down a little bit now, and I think everybody's just kind of accepted that Liv is another tour. Um, so I think that gets played up a little bit more, uh, than it, than actually is in reality. So
1: it's not, there's not so much animosity as there once was.
2: No, I don't think so. Yeah. I
1: think. Do you you think that we've seen the majority of those who are going to go, go?
2: I think so. Um, it's always hard to tell, uh, cause obviously if, you know, people are going, they're not going to advertise that until they actually go um but i'm sure there'll be some more more people go but i think the majority is probably uh already headed out that way so i think i think until they get
1: the world golf ranking thing worked out they're probably not going to get any more big names
2: yeah um that'll be interesting to see the, the world rankings uh whether they get them what they have to do to to change their model to get them or whatever they you know they end up doing but uh yeah that'll be very interesting to see uh and i think there's things like that that'll kind of determine a lot of uh you know people going or people staying right because
1: it does seem like it does seem to to have calmed down i I don't want to call out any names per se individually but it does seem that instead of them going after the heavy hitter a list they have kind of bumped down and gone down the list. And the guys that they're getting are not really moving the needle per se on the PGA tour. And and which is, which is, which to me is, is is a good sign for the tour. But at the same time, I think if you do work the world golf ranking situation out, maybe that would change some. And then I think there's some guys that even if the world golf ranking points were there, it still wouldn't change anything. They'd still rather be on the PGA tour.
2: Yeah. I'd say the majority, I would say it's already pretty much set, you know, People that want to play the tour will play the tour, um, and then there's always a few people that you know. If if the world rankings change and they can play in majors and all that, then uh, they'll still make the leap. But I think the majority of people are pretty much set where the where they're going to be. Yeah, I mean that awful PGA tour is a pretty good place to play golf. <laughs> that's that's what I've always said. You know, um, it's uh, it's a dream come true, and yeah, you know, like I said earlier, we don't play bad tournaments. They're all they're all really right. good, and. Uh, you know, the purses have gone up every year since, since I've been on tour. Um, and you know, the money's not too bad out here either. No, and you're getting ready to play for a big one tomorrow. That's right. (laughs) So
1: that's good. First elevated event. There's quite a few, uh, you know, there's quite a few, it'll be fun to see how it plays out. And like you said earlier, it'll be interesting to see if we do rotate them around. I know, I know the majors are always going to be big. I know the players is always going to have a huge, uh, purse which I'm a little biased to the players with the being right here in my backyard. I'm glad the players has a big, uh, and let's let's hope this year we don't get all four seasons in three days. Like we got last
2: year at the players. Yeah, that was, that was wild. That was it insane. Was awful, man. That was crazy. I mean, it
1: could not have we been went. worse. I mean, it was like Thursday was like playing in a dome. <laughs> then it started raining i don't think they played again until saturday and then saturday it was so cold it was freezing when the when the, were you and one of those guys out there early saturday morning
2: yeah i was there i played a lot on saturday um oh i think we spent a day and a half just at the house then didn't, didn't play and right uh, and then we get out there saturday it's freezing cold blowing 20 25 yeah the wind was blowing yeah i think i made a seven on 17 or something did you really <laughs> Yeah, I think I was wow. in, I think I was in top 10 or something. Uh, go, this was my second round. Uh, I had two holes left and I made a I think a seven on 17. And I was like, well, am I going to make the cut or, oh. <laughs> but I uh, ended up making the cut and had a, had a pretty good weekend. So yeah, it, it was, man, it was, uh, it was a crazy week.
1: It was awful. We had more rain in that three or four day stretch than we had had the entire year leading up to that tournament.
2: Yeah, it was, man, it was wet. It was cold, windy. Mother Nature
1: owes us a good one this year.
2: Yes. Yeah. Shows I'm us a good one. We'll I'm set. ready for just the classic uh, players without, you know, COVID breakups or right. crazy wins or right. cold. Right, I know.
1: Just give us a regular just, tournament. Just we the don't one that I used anymore. to grow yeah, up watching. No, <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, set man, good luck this week. Before we let you go, we do a quick thing called Emergency Nine. I'll ask you quick nine questions and you just give me the first thing that comes to mind number one the worst shot with the best outcome you've ever hit
2: uh when i was 12 i made a hole in one uh i thinned it dropped the club you know landed 20 yards short and went in <laughs> so that's definitely number one
1: they don't draw pictures on scorecards man <laughs> the one how many hole in ones have you had
2: i've had two just two, two. yeah just you're two. kidding me that's it Still looking for more, so, yeah, finally. Wow, now let drought. me ask you this. This, this
1: is this, this is not part of the nine questions, but there's a hole-in-one on a par-three course count?
2: Yeah, you know, my brother and I argue that all the time. Uh, I think it kind of depends. If you drop, like, a handful of balls and you, you know, you're practicing on a par-three course, probably not. But right. if you're just playing a par-three course and it's a legit hole, I think it counts. I mean, okay. there's a one on a, on a par-three, so.
1: Right, it's still a hole-in-one. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, uh two, favorite sports team or, or athlete. Uh George
2: Bulldogs for sure. Uh go-to food on the road. I love any kind of Asian. Um Okay. I uh yeah, any kind of Asian food. Nice.
1: Uh what's the most famous number in your cell phone? <sighs> uh Charles Barkley. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that might be one of the best ones we've had. Yeah that's a good one A round mound of sound i love charles <laughs> charles is always fun he's the man he is he cannot be as bad at golf as he proclaims he's got to be better than he does. i
2: haven't I played either. with him yet um but uh i'm looking forward to it if if we get the chance no that's cool a uh,
1: player you'd be most nervous with to be paired on tour other than tiger woods
2: other than tiger woods um <clears throat> i've played with a handful of good players now uh the one that gets me watching is probably Rory. You know, it's just so right. impressive to to watch him play golf. And that's when I need to kind of kick myself and be like, hey, you're playing the same tournament as him. So let's try to put together some few good swings. The
1: way he moves it off the tee is just something else.
2: It's impressive. It is impressive. It's, it's like a damn
1: orchestra. It's unbelievable. But he gets it moving.
2: Uh, if you had a side hustle, what would it be? Uh, side hustle. That's tough. Maybe uh, some sort of like cornhole or some sort of games like that.
1: Okay, <clears throat> easy enough. Those are good tailgated at Georgia Bulldog game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, be taking your money at the at the uh, at the tailgate. <laughs> uh, craziest golf tip you've ever gotten from somebody. <sighs> craziest golf tip. Um, Reason I ask is we had uh, Kramer Hickok on. And he said he got a golf tip off of Instagram and he almost won the next week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, <clears throat> that's funny. I read a book and the, the book said something about saying boom at the start of your swing and boom at impact. And, uh, you know, I kind of, it was joking and messing around. So it was so dumb. And then i started doing it with my putting and then ended up, uh, winning a few weeks later in Kansas city on the corn ferry. Wow. Uh, Kind of doing that with my putting. So, yeah, that's the, that's the craziest thing that I actually put into the, in the world. A
1: uh, tournament you put the most pressure on yourself to win?
2: Masters. Really? That's yeah. The one. That's the one. Be, that's the one. You always get to uh, go back. So,
1: <laughs> and last but not least, music on the golf course or no good?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: What's your genre?
2: I, I like a lot of them. Probably, uh, 90s, early 2000s country, somewhere in yeah. there is, is my Love go-to. That. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: What's your uh, What's your schedule moving forward? So I know you're going to play this week. Then you said you're going overseas to do some playing in Abu Dhabi. Yeah.
2: Playing the Hero Cup next week, um, in Abu Dhabi, and then Abu Dhabi Championship and Dubai Desert Classic. So yeah, looking forward to seeing and will that. And you part play
1: on the, the play any of the West Coast swing here?
2: I'll play LA. Yeah, I'm going to take two weeks off after that trip and then uh, be back in LA. In LA for the Genesis. That's right. Nice.
1: Good deal. Well, Seth, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Good luck this week uh, in Hawaii. Soak it up. Enjoy the views. It's absolutely beautiful golf course. It really is. And uh, play well. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon as another defending champion this year.
2: Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased. MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com.